0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM.
1: For those just tuning in, you're listening to our special on Medicare for All. I'm John Barquette, and this is Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. Our next guest is Maura Kelson. <laughs> Welcome to the show.
0: Thanks so much for having me.
1: She's the Managing Director of Health Policy at the Center for American Progress, which last year put out its own Medicare for All proposal. Maura, tell us about this. What is the Center for American Progress for our listeners?
0: Uh, We are a multi-issue think tank. Um, So the health um, policy team is just one of many teams. Um, We're located in Washington, D.C. We are independent. We're nonpartisan. And we do a wide range of research and develop all sorts of policy proposals to advance progressive goals.
1: Okay, One of those policy proposals is a Medicare for all proposal, which is called Medicare extra for all. Uh, Tell me about that proposal. What problems is it trying to solve, and what does it propose to do to solve them?
0: Right. I mean, I I think that our proposal is just one of many different approaches to achieving universal coverage. And the goal really is to make sure that people have access to affordable, comprehensive health care. And under our proposal, it's essentially Medicare for people who want it. Um, Under our plan, private insurance is no longer a necessity, but those who have an offer of employer-sponsored coverage that they like would be able to keep that coverage, or they could also select the enhanced Medicare plan that um, we propose.
1: Enhanced Medicare plan. What does that mean, enhanced Medicare plan?
0: Right now, Medicare doesn't have the most robust benefits um, available. So we would um, include additional benefits like vision, dental, and hearing benefits. Medicare is obviously right now uh, a program for those who are over 65. So we would need to make um, changes and enhancements to make sure that children received all the care they they need. And in addition, we would also include uh, caps on spending by individuals. They're out-of-pocket costs. right now, average spending for seniors in uh, the Medicaid program is about $6,000. That is just an average. So there are many seniors who are paying far more than $6,000. And and under our plan, there is an out-of-pocket maximum. There's also legislation, Medicare for America, that is based on our plan that also has these uh, limits on out-of-pocket spending.
1: That's legislation that is being proposed by Rosa DeLauro and Jan Schakowsky. Is that right?
0: Yes, that's correct. It's called Medicare for America.
1: Medicare for America. And it's based on your proposal, Medicare Extra for All.
0: Yes, it has some changes, but it's largely the same framework. And it's also based on a lot of work that Jacob Hacker has done um, for years as well.
1: He's an economist at Yale? Yes. Now, your proposal, has it been endorsed by any of the Democratic nominees for president?
0: Uh, Beto O'Rourke has endorsed Medicare for America, which is, of course, similar to our plan. But I think what is more important is that the polling shows that it, you know, really opening up Medicare and allowing Medicare to be an option for people is one of the most popular plans. It's actually the most popular plan among Democrats, and it's also something that Independents have overwhelmingly shown support for in polls. Versus, you know, a, a plan that, that basically shifts everybody to um, a single-payer plan.
1: Yeah, let's, let's let's talk about that for a second. How would you compare a Bernie Sanders-style plan that just gets rid of all private insurance? and puts them all into a government plan with the plan that you support?
0: The most important part for us is that the goals are the same, that we both support the goal of universal coverage, even more than universal access. Some of the other plans out there, um, Medicare buy-in plans and things like that, increase access, but don't necessarily achieve universal coverage. What our plan does is our plan still keeps in place employer-sponsored insurance. Um, We do think that people are going to vote with their feet. I think that You know by having a really robust strong medicare plan that is really good we think that people will end up choosing it we also understand that people right now many of them are very comfortable with their employer sponsored insurance and might want to step back and see how the medicare plan is before they enroll
1: we just had tom nichols from the american hospital association on the show mora and he was talking about the drastic implications that all of these medicare for all proposals would have on hospitals because these proposals would lower what they get paid when a someone who currently has private insurance goes to the hospital. What do you say to those concerns? How do you respond to those concerns? I
0: mean, I think it's very important to take a careful look. The Medicare for America plan, for example, does not keep the same Medicare rates. It has 110 percent of Medicare rates for hospitals. It actually increases payment for primary care physicians and physicians like psychiatrists. We also have made sure that in our proposal, and as well as in Medicare for America, that there are additional payments for rural hospitals.
1: Another critique of Medicare for all proposals is that to finance them, there'd have to be new taxes levied and existing taxes raised. How do you address that concern?
0: it's really about priorities and making sure we're spending wisely. We actually have a lot of savings that comes from the healthcare system. The Medicare extra plan lowers drug prices, tackles other excessive prices throughout the healthcare system. One of the key things about preserving some of the employer insurance is that we're preserving employer insurance contributions and there's also some funding for states. And those pieces combined allow Medicare extra to isolate any tax increases necessary to pay for the remainder, to be isolated to the wealthy and to corporations.
1: Your proposal leaves room for private insurers. Um, what do you say to progressives who say to you, you know, More, I don't know if that goes far enough. We want to see a total, you know, single-payer public insurance program.
0: We're seeing a lot of single-payer advocates, like one of the movement's leaders in Vermont, saying that phasing in a pathway to Medicare is really the best strategy for getting to universal health care for everyone. And it's important to take into account the existing health care system right now and what people are comfortable with when designing these reforms. Because in order to get to universal coverage, we need to build the popular support. And we can only do that by listening to people and building a really broad coalition.
1: more you've been in Washington long enough to have experience with the last round of health reforms, the, the push to have the Affordable Care Act passed and its implementation. Um, you know, that was done in a very politicized environment. Um, we can argue about how and why that occurred. Um, it was at times a rocky rollout. I'm curious what lessons you learned um, from the last 10 years as you thought about um, how this next round of health reforms might, might go on.
0: Well, one of the things I think that's been really um, a lesson learned through the Trump administration and the sabotage that the Trump administration has engaged in with the Affordable Care Act is the need to really make sure that there are strong protections for individuals so that they retain their health insurance coverage, that that coverage remains very affordable. And um, robust regardless of what administration is here and also regardless of what um, is happening in the states. We've also seen a lot of Medicaid programs um, be attacked by by um, conservative governors and state houses. And I think that part of the reason why we really are interested in taking a look at this at the national level is to make sure that your zip code really doesn't um, make a difference in in what type of health care you have access and um, whether or not you can afford health care.
1: Okay. Maura, thanks so much for joining me on the show today.
0: Thanks so much. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.